All right, welcome back, everyone. We have a lot to talk about, a lot of stuff going on, obviously. A lot of important things, very serious things we need to talk about. In the outdoor uh, world in, and in the regular the out- world. Yeah, and just in general in life. Uh, most important thing going on right now, obviously. Um, Palante Packs just gave a little sneak peek <laughs> of their first desert pack. When did they post it's, that? Like what day? It was like It was like three days ago. Okay. I just love like when when that corporations are finally breaking their silence and and Palante is to chime in to be like, yo, guys, we made an all white pack. (laughs) Given uh, we live in uncertain times. Yeah. But also like, I mean, I like I like those people and I like what they stand for. I'm sure they didn't mean it to be like a distraction. It's kind of like nice to have something, you know, to look forward to or like to be psyched about. I don't know. It's beautiful all white desert pack for those long carries. It doesn't yeah. have the mesh bottom, which is it's just it's very yeah, that's sad. Dumb. It's really the most tragic thing I've seen. I haven't seen it. It's it kind of looks like. Do you the... want me to hold it up to the? <laughs> yeah. It's all white. Ooh, all white. It kind of looks like a hyperlight, like the the all white hyperlights that have like no mesh or anything on the outside. Yeah. But yeah. No, it, it has no bottom spandex shorts pockets, which is stupid. Like, where are you even supposed to put your snack? Where are my snacks, dude? Well, you're yeah. supposed to buy those. Hit the uh, fanny pack for that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not gonna fit all my snacks. So. Yeah. It's <laughs> gonna fit, not fit my 24 pack of tortillas. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. The the bottom of the plante probably like you can just slide in the tortilla, like a thing of tortillas oh, so nicely to, in there. I don't have to fold my tortillas. That's amazing. <laughs> no. Yeah. Wait, do you use like the regular what size tortilla do you use? Do you use like the burrito ones, the taco ones? I use the burrito ones. Nice, yeah. Obviously. What kind though? Yeah. The mission. Like, the, just like the white I sh- I, regular white ones? Yeah, basic white mm-hmm. ones. I really should uh like represent La Patria more <laughs> and just get the the Guerrero ones. But to be honest, like the cheaper, like the cheapest tortillas are the best ones for backpacking. Yeah. Yeah. Because they also... they don't mold and they don't get hard. They stay soft. For I can't believe they, they don't, not they don't get hard. Because I used to use the whole wheat ones and those things will like fall apart into cracks in like two days. They just get so stale that you can just like break them apart like a cracker. Yeah. That just doesn't do it. Yeah. You can't do those blue corns. So are we going to get matching plantes with matching 24 packs of tortillas for this year? Higher out this summer? Oh my God. Ooh. I'm so excited. That'd be awesome. That white my, clam, clam pack. I can't fit my, my quilt in, in a palante though a slim boy oh that's because you have a giant quilt yeah you're a big boy yeah. i got this i got the synthy boy yeah wait jordan do you have a down quilt i don't want to talk about it right now damn son where'd you find this my personal preference is to be, be, to take the truth away. if i could be used as a as a symbol for Yeah, just want a little have a little levity before getting into the serious discussion. The the thing that's been on everybody's mind for the past week or so, a little bit longer. Oh God, it's only been a week. It's been it's horrifying, dude. Yeah, I know. Dude. We put out the 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 episode that we talked about a mod, and then it was like this shit went down like the next day. It was like, oh shit. I think I think I think it was like the day we were 
we put it out or like the day after or something that yeah i think it was the day after because i feel like i remember sending the video to the, or i like sent something to the, our group chat and i was like oh fuck yeah yeah i think i posted the episode that's mostly just us bullshitting for like an hour the day that this happened it's like whoops this isn't going to be very relevant for very long yeah yeah so obviously a lot of things have happened since since the last episode uh, the america empire is falling <laughs> the country's on fire rightfully so for once the chickens coming home to roost as the expression mm. goes the there's two incidences that happened uh this past memorial day um last just, just feels so long ago but i think it was oh, god damn what was that it was like a week ago now um as of the time of this recording um so there were two incidents that happened one of them is like very much related to the outdoors they're both related to the outdoors obviously in, the, in some in the kind of certain way but the one that kind of leads one they're both very connected the first one is something that we spoke about about uh, two episodes ago a a, a black man uh, was in new york and central park in the ramble he was he's a black birder he was a just out and about having enjoying his time outside, checking out some birds, scoping them out when he saw, came across a woman with their unleashed dog and asked the woman to leash the dog. The woman uh, did not take very kindly to that. And then they got into kind of a, a, an argument when by argument, I mean that she just started screaming and yelling at him for daring <laughs> to ask him to do anything and choking her dog. Yeah. And she started uh, obviously choking her dog and, and, <laughs> to his credit the guys like in the recording is just like very calm and like it's just very like please stay away from me you know she was getting close to him uh, he started recording her immediately and she immediately picked up the phone started call the cops and basically threatened to call the cops on him saying that she she did call the cops on him she was started saying that a an african-american man was threatening her basically lying and it's very clear in the video that she's lying you can see him not doing anything staying away from her and just basically asking her just in a very polite way just to like do something that she should have been doing anyway they were in a section where the dogs were required to be on leash yeah she um, was the one breaking it's... the rules for all the people who are like well he should have just followed the rules it's like this lady in this scenario is the one breaking the law yeah, yeah. it's it's almost as if um she thought the nature of him being black was a threat to her yeah <laughs> yeah she it's just like as a person of color in the outdoors trying to enjoy the outdoors just trying to do outdoors things doing all the things that we are told to do leave no trace respecting the environment you know trying to make sure that everyone has equitable access to that stuff making sure that the dogs that are not that are unleashed aren't going around just like harming the environment which is chomping like birds yeah very simple basic thing that and he had the fucking gall to ask her to, to leash her dog in an area the dog should have been leashed to protect the environment and because he did that he deserved to apparently have the police called on him to be threatened in that way to have his race weaponized against him and to basically just have a a, a hit squad come and take him out because of the, for the crime of being black and asking a white person to do something politely i can't believe that there that like in any world you you could just not just leash your fucking dog like when when you're breaking a rule and someone points out that you're breaking a rule that you know that you're breaking that your first reaction wouldn't just be to be like oh yeah sorry man like w why was it anything else especially once she knew she was being recorded it's like don't you know you're gonna be ashamed of this later when you look back on it for not just being like okay yeah i'm breaking the law let me just let me just fix that and i think there's a lot of stuff in the outdoors where it's okay sometimes to kind of bend the rules a little bit 
like maybe a dog being off leash here and there or um i think listening to music on a bluetooth speaker is a good example like if nobody else is around and you and your friends want to do that while you're swimming in a lake or something it's it's not a big deal but as soon as somebody asks you to stop you should just stop like because you are breaking or bending the rules and it's this this situation is exactly the same she's not a bad person for having her dog off leash she's a bad for person for flipping her shit when a guy asks her to put her all on the leash yeah and yeah there's been a lot of there's a lot of comments people going around of like she was choking the dog out which is horrifying and disgusting anyway like as an animal lover and activist who's like work so much with the animals and stuff it's it's horrifying to see someone treated that it's also just like it it doesn't so people get very upset about that of saying like oh white people only care about uh the animal treatment like no both things are like are horrifying like it's it's horrifying that how she treated her dog she was choking this poor dog out and it's horrifying that she was threatening to call the police on this man and have him murdered just because of you know his race like this it's not saying they're equal or anything like that i'm just saying that those are both disgusting actions and something that's like relevant to the outdoors and discussions that we've had and that we see in the comment sections of stuff all the time is that people talk about the outdoor community being like generally liberal and therefore accepting is what people think um one of the things that's been most interesting about this story is that the one was Amy Cooper. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's like a registered Democrat and, you know, stands for Warren and Buttigieg and people like that. Yeah. Um, there's records of her giving to campaigns and she's like your standard New York City liberal. Yeah. And um, it's very clear from the video on how she's freaking out so much she doesn't even realize she's choking her own dog and stuff that there's some really deep-seated racism issues that she's dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, she was extremely freaked out by a black man just even talking to her, like confronting yeah. her in the mildest way. And that's something that I think we should keep in mind when we um, people say stuff like, oh, the outdoors is welcoming. If minorities want to get out there, they should just get out there. It's not a big deal. It's like you, even you might think you're welcoming until you're in a situation where all of a sudden you're not. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. This idea, like this person who you you would presume would be like a person who the kind of touted as like when I was accepting people like based on her her voting record and her, her like her liberal support wouldn't be a person that did this. But like it's obviously like this is something that as a person of color like this is something we worry about all the time. You can hear all so much about the trail communities and backpacking communities and outdoor communities in general being like these accepting places. But you don't really know what people actually think. You don't know how they're going to react to you. You don't know if something you're going to say is they going to take offense to. There's a lot of people obviously like regardless of your race are there they will respond to you negatively if you try to criticize them in any way obviously like they're especially in outdoors if you call them out on doing something like uh but with people of color like it's so very easy to have your race weaponized against you in those instances yeah i mean that's what she points out when she says i'm going to call the cops and tell them an african-american man is threatening my life it's like if that was a white woman would she say i'm going to call the cops and tell them that a white woman is threatening my life absolutely not yeah she knew what she was doing that story um, has a little bit of a happy ending. The dog was surrendered, returned back to the shelter. So thankfully the dog is safe now. And then because of the internet outrage, our our, our promotion of targeted harassment has always yeah. kicked in and she was fired from her job. Um, she's been getting harassed and things and just having her life ruined, which as she wanted to do to that man is, is you know, like it's karma. 
But he has been so gracious through. I saw like an interview with him after the fact, and he was just like, "Yeah, I don't think that we needed to go that far." Like, <laughs> he's just been like the best through the through the whole thing. He seems like yeah. such an awesome fucking person. So that's another thing too about about him. So this man is a former editor for Marvel Comics. He was like Harvard grad, and so he was the that doesn't matter like that is it's great for him obviously it's a great aspect of, of of him he seems like a very interesting wonderful person who has a lot of success and but that idea is like that's been touted a lot of like oh he he has all these like credentials and things like that and like that's the reason why he shouldn't have had the the police called on him or anything like that he's one of the good ones basically yeah but the, even the if he was a, what even if he was a fucking criminal like who cares like, it doesn't matter at all yeah, exactly. That scenario, then that's my point. That was not that... about his past. It was about a very yeah. isolated incident of asking a woman to stop breaking the law. But that so if anyone is like promoting that as an idea of like this is a, this, he's a good person who was like doing this thing and and using those as examples and like that's still fucked up. Like that's still racist. That's still this idea of, like you if uh, the only good person of color, the only good black man, is one who's like highly educated and has like has all these outside interests. Um, and that's the reason why she shouldn't have called the cops on him. Like no, she should not have called the cops on him just because for period for like for being asked to do something like in the, in the way that he said it. Yeah, it's a really gross trend of like after the fact incidents trying to point fingers at people's pasts and using that as some sort of explanation for like them deserving or not deserving whatever happened to them. I mean, to, like getting ahead of ahead of ourselves too. Like I've seen most people on my feeds and on everywhere um, are supporting that what happened to George Floyd is incredibly fucked up. But there are some people who are like trying to dig up this man's, you know, history and his record and stuff and pointing out he was no angel exactly and using that as some sort of evidence against him and i I don't know it it seems like it's weird to see it flipped the other way to to also be using someone's past as a reason why they they were mistreated um when i don't think that's a trend that we should be doing you know in either direction that's not a new thing at all um the whole um Rosa Parks thing I actually found out not too long ago was um, that that same exact thing happened um, to another woman, another black woman, but she was, I think she was like 15 or 16 years old and she was a single mother, which was really, you know, inappropriate at that time. Um, And so the NAACP and some of the civil rights leaders made the decision to not try to turn that into a big press story because they knew everyone would have that young girl under a microscope. Mm-hmm. So they actually waited until it happened to Rosa Parks to promote it and turn it into a big story. So this is something that the black community has been dealing with for a long time, where if you've ever made a mistake in your life, all of a sudden any injustice is just like, okay and tolerated Yeah, um, from the white community. Yeah. Which, uh, so the same day that Christian Cooper was uh, threatened by this woman, uh, a, in Minneapolis, uh, another black man named George Floyd was murdered by the police. He was arrested for, um, I guess, allegedly forging a $20 check, was arrested and detained. And a police officer, Derek Chauvin, literally just stepped on his neck for eight and a half minutes, um, just killing him, murdering him in cold blood. There, there's no other way to really frame that. There was not, it was not an act of self of self-defense. The George Floyd was not resistant. You, you can see the video very clearly that George Floyd is, is being detained. He's handcuffed. He has a, a knee on his neck and he's literally just screaming out that he can't breathe. And he was executed. He was executed. There's no other way to put it. He was executed. He was murdered by the police. 
murdered by this officer. And there were three other officers there who um, I think two of them were helping him, restrain him, and the other one was standby and watching him. So it's it's horrifying at every level. Um, they weren't just standing by and watching. They're complicit. And yeah. that's an act of violence, especially as a police officer when your job is to uphold the law. They should have been tasing him. Yeah. And him being Derek, the police officer. Is that his name, Derek? Chauvin? Yeah. 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 And obviously, like because of the video, I think there's there's been a number of uh, murders this year of African-Americans. Uh, Breonna Taylor was another one. Um, the police did a no-knock raid, busted in, murdered her, shot her and her, her boyfriend while they were sleeping, basically, and um, murdered her again in cold blood. There's no other way to put it. It was just a straight-up execution. And that one obviously didn't get as much attention or not as much focus uh, as George Floyd because there was no video of that one. But in the George Floyd case, there was a very clear video. There's several videos that have come out mm-hmm. now. Um, and it's it's... It's horrifying to see that video, and I think it's very important to watch it. And it's it's important to like to have more like to be able to see these things because these things have existed for so long. And now, with the advent of cell phones and being able to record these things, we're actually able to witness them. And there's been a lot of factors that have been led to like that. That's obviously part of it. This has been going on for a long time. Like Eric Gardner, in 2013. And this has been just a, there's this just kind of manifested now in a lot of protests that have broken out and started off in Minneapolis um, the days after the murder of George Floyd. There are a lot of places where there were a lot of protests. Um, there's been a lot of uh, property destruction, destruction of some businesses. And that's kind of spread now throughout the country where there's all over, there's all these cities that are different protests going on right now in different capacities. There's a lot of them that have been like so-called peaceful protests where there's a lot of different just people going out, um, holding up signs, you know, marching on different places. There's been a lot of places that have are literally on fire in Minneapolis, so like a huge portions of Minneapolis been burning down, portions of different cities all over the place um, where these protests are going on. And by the looks of it, it doesn't look like they're going to be stopping anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to talk about the protests that you've been a part of? Yeah, I can talk. So here in the Bay Area, there has been a number of protests. They've been they they've been pretty. Um, I don't even know. Like it's sort of hard to say. Like the level of 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 just how wild they've gotten. Um, in Oakland, the ones I went to a few days ago, there was thousands of people. It was it was amazing seeing just the the community of uh, people coming out and marching, uh, all kinds of races, ages, groups, different orientations, everything. Pe- different people coming out to acknowledge this and protest against this the uh, the murder of a black man by the police and we marched from sort of like the main downtown area we marched towards a police station and then at some point the protest like literally split in two where half the crowd went and actually um, got onto the freeway off ramp on ramp and blocked the traffic and then the other half kind of went towards the downtown police station where it was kind of like a lot of people were are, were gathered um, eventually, the police started throwing flashbangs at protesters and tear gas. Um, I didn't get tear gas. We were sort of on the edge of the the protest. So we were a little bit farther away, but we definitely, when the wind picked up and some of the tear gas started coming towards us. And yeah, like tear gas sucks. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it sh- should be considered a, an, a, a, like a war crime to use tear gas in a civilian population. It's like, it's fucked up. Like we weren't nowhere near the actual tear gas and we were already starting to feel some of like the stinging and the, the impact. There were people there, thankfully, who were like helping out people who did get hit. There were, there were like little wash stations where, where people were being helped out. Um, 
But yeah, I don't want to get they're... I don't want to get too like conspiracy theory, but like it seems really fucked that during a pandemic of a disease that is a respiratory illness that we'd be using primary like the primary means of dispelling um, these protests is to use a method that makes people fucking cough and like produce yeah. all these fucking droplets on each other yeah at a time when already like blacks and poc are already being disproportionately affected by this and now yeah. you're you're gonna spray this stuff that's gonna make them cough on each other in the middle of a rightful protest yeah i don't think the police really care about that or i don't think the police <laughs> care about anything but themselves <laughs> yeah i don't think they were too concerned with with that but I, yeah i mean uh, I, don't, I don't i don't think it's crossing their minds but i i wouldn't be surprised to it's, learn that it's a deliberate effort. Yeah, it's it's fucked up always to use tear gas. I think it is a war crime. Yeah, and in war. The, yeah, in the Geneva Convention. <laughs> yeah, if you're against, if you're uh, if you're a, a, at war, it's fine. But if uh, it's a crime to use it, but if you're using it against your own population um, who are peacefully demonstrating, then yeah, no, go ahead, go to town. Yeah, yeah. it's banned in warfare. The internet says so. Yeah. Sick. So there you go. So what are we doing here? <laughs> Wait, so does that mean if Trump's calling in the military, they're not allowed to use it because we're declaring war on Antifa? Oh, maybe. <sighs> nice. Somehow I don't think <laughs> it's that's a loophole. Matter. Yeah, I have a feeling there's going to be more tear gas than ever. <laughs> I think if you're a, a, you're a gambling person or you're into investments, now's a really good time to <laughs> sink some bucks into big tear gas. That's so And flashbangs. Yeah. Yeah. They'll need to restock. Jordan, what else did you, what did you do? Um, yeah, so Albuquerque has been having um, quite a lot of protests. Um, there was a smaller one a couple days ago where um, it, the, some, I, did, I didn't make it out there on time. Uh, by the time I got out to the protest, it was already broken up by the cops, uh, but it was pretty fucked up. Um, there was a pretty small protest. I think it was a couple dozen people. And then the cops um arrested i think it was three or four pretty young kids like 15 years old or something and they slammed them down on the ground and they were holding assault rifles to their heads um from what i've heard i talked to some other protesters and they ended up throwing them in the back of a cop car and um because all that shit was going on the protest that was happening just a few blocks away they they moved into that area to try to you know, bear witness to what was going on to these kids. The cops said that they, the kids had guns and they were shooting. Um, then they used that as an excuse to shoot tear gas into that small protest. And they were swooping down with a helicopter and yelling at them and just generally creating an intimidating scene. And that po protest broke up. And then less than 24 hours later, all the charges were dropped against those kids that they arrested. So it was clearly just like a false flag to mm -hmm. um, stir up some trouble. So then um, last night was the protest that, that I took part in. Um, it was organized by Black Lives Matter. And um, it was huge. There was a few hundred people. Uh, we marched up and down Central Avenue, which is the main street in Albuquerque, uh, for a few hours. Uh, there was a ton of solidarity. It was awesome to see. Um, Albuquerque has a lot of diversity. There's indigenous peoples here. There's a huge Latino population pretty big black population. I think there's actually a white minority in Albuquerque. Um, so that was awesome to see. Everyone was really peaceful, just a lot of chanting. Um, 
and then as we would stop to turn around in like uh, parks and places like that, usually someone would have a megaphone and do like some kind of a small talk. And then we turn around and march back down. Uh, towards the end of the night, the as the group started kind of breaking up, a little bit of property destruction happened. There was some broken windows and quite a bit of graffiti. And then as the night went on, I left around midnight. And then I guess around one is when shit really started getting crazy. And there were some reports of gunshots and stuff like that. And that's when the cops actually moved in and started interacting with the protesters more. At that point, I don't know how many of the people were originally part of the protests or not. Um, and I don't know if that really matters. But there was clearly a lot of anger built up in Albuquerque and a lot of people trying to get that out. And then um, there was supposed to be some more protests tonight, but we're having big thunderstorms. So everything that I've heard has been smaller groups have been getting together. Um, I hear the helicopter in the air again. I live downtown, so it's been nothing but nonstop helicopters in the sky for the past <laughs> like two days uh, and sirens That's all night. Scary. It is scary. It kind of feels like a war zone. There's yeah. huge concrete barriers up around um, the downtown uh, precinct um, for like blocks and blocks around it. They've got all these concrete barriers up because there was some talks floating around of trying to burn down the police station. And that's because it's not in. It's not isolated this incident. There's been a string of shootings from uh, police officers in Albuquerque. One of the one of the big ones, I think it was in 2014. His name was James Boyd. There was a there was a homeless guy and he was just camping um, out in the foothills of the mountains here. And there was some kind of a disturbance. And basically the cops murdered this guy too. Just one guy trying to camp and uh, they scared him and woke him up. And I think he had a knife with him. They ended up like sicking a dog on him and throwing some kind of a grenade at him and shooting him. Um, the grenade. It was, it was like a stun grenade. I, I, I don't know. I was trying to read about it. I don't fully understand it. I mean, our police are so militarized. Who knows what fucking shit they have? Like yeah. it doesn't make any sense anymore. They have tanks and shit. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of tension in Albuquerque um, in general over that sort of thing. Um, so it's, Tensions are really high right now. Last I heard, Black Lives Matter was planning on organizing um, marches every night for the next five days. Nice. And there's a lot of people here. I, I want us to talk a bit about property destruction, what, what liberals are calling violence, mm -hmm. but really it's just poor buildings being minorly damaged. <laughs> yeah. Um, at, so sad. I, I, <laughs> our biggest tragedy. I'd say our downtown probably had, you know, a handful of um windows broken out per block um for the most part people were doing a good job of throwing bricks through like um the new condos and shit like that um and not fucking with like local businesses as the night went on that kind of stepped up and like a historic theater got its windows busted out and stuff which is a bummer i mean it's a cool place the chemo theater they do the vamp film festival there and stuff but uh when i was downtown by like 9 a.m um, it was almost all cleaned up already. So any liberals who are sitting here talking about how sad it is that all this property damage is being done, we, like, George Floyd's fucking dead forever. He never comes back. The graffiti that the protesters did yesterday, it's almost all buffed out already. Yeah. Almost all the windows are replaced already. It is less than 24 hours. It's fucking back to normal. Buildings aren't people. These aren't, it doesn't count as violence unless people are being hurt. And it, I'm not even sure if it counts as violence if only cops are being hurt because that's more of like an enemy combatant sort of situation. Self-defense at that point. Yeah.
No, I think we should have a moment of silence for all the fallen targets and <laughs> auto zones. Don't hurt Target, not my Target. <laughs> Mercedes Benz dealerships that went down. The REI, keep this relevant to our, our, our little niche topic. The <laughs> REI in Santa Monica got broken into. Got broken into. Which I, lo- I love that, like, so REI, I mean, we can talk about this later, but like REI was, is the latest of many um, brands and companies to be coming out with like a Black Lives Matter, you know, post, at least on social media. I'm not sure if they marketed that anywhere else, but so many people were commenting being like, the looters just got your Santa Monica store. Like, how do you feel about that? It's like, you don't fucking think that REI is aware of that by the time they're making this post. It's like, you think you're breaking this news and they're going to be like, oh, wait, never mind. Black lives don't matter because we lost a few hundred dollars in like our Terex jackets. That's all insured. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't have much more to add than what Jordan said about the violence. Um, it's it's if you're destroying property, it's not real violence. That's not violence. That's that's destruction of property. It's it sucks. Is for smaller businesses, um, for the workers who maybe now don't have to work, can't work at that Target or the smaller communities who can't get some stuff from there. But ultimately, at the end of the day, those things can be replaced. Those jobs can be can be filled again. Um, if anything, I mean, those places now can maybe be taken up by the communities themselves and actually serve the communities. You know, maybe instead of having a big chain store, we can actually get some smaller stores that are actually owned by the members of the community and not some larger corporation. Uh, yeah, I there's no whatsoever, no pity or any empathy for fucking Target getting looted. No. Like, if you for Windows, Windows to, don't have feelings. If you weren't <laughs> like, paying attention to these protests before Target got looted, like you should take a second to reexamine why that is. I think yeah. um, I, that's a good point. And one thing that I hear from especially liberals a lot is like, oh, I support the protests and the cause, but it makes me so sad that they're doing property destruction. So I, I want to talk about why property destruction and and even looting is um, a relevant tactic for trying to promote social change um, that a lot of people don't get. And I think it's because we're coming from a position of privilege that's easy to not understand why that might help push change. And the best way I can think of to put it that I've been talking to some of my uh, peers with that that aren't on the same page as us is that for a lot of people, the situation in the United States is absolutely untenable. If if you're black in the United States, um, the, the relationship with the police is untenable. It can't keep going how it's been going. It's, it's not an option for you. For, so your goal as a protest organizer is to create an environment in the world that makes it untenable for everybody because it's too easy for middle-class white people and above to ignore this shit. So if their favorite target gets burnt to the ground, it makes it a lot harder for them to ignore what's going on. Mm-hmm. Whether they agree with the target being burnt down or not, now all of a sudden they're a little more interested in finding a solution because they don't want more shit burnt to the ground. That's where... Yeah. Sure, there's room to talk about how, like, is violence always the appropriate answer? But violence is an answer. Like, it does get things done. And I don't have any time to hear conservatives talk about this shit because they fucking love guns and they love the military, so they know violence works. And to be clear, destroying a target is not violence. Like, that is... Right. (laughs) Killing an armed... But but what it is is black man is violence. Like, that's... That's the key thing. It's like that's the, the underlying part of that that is violent in a way is that it shows the threat of violence. We're yeah. burning down a target now. If we don't see change the next time, who knows what's going to happen? 
And I think even when people say, oh, Dr. Martin Luther King wouldn't have liked this, he benefited from the threat of violence that was going on from from other black leaders. People loved Martin Luther King Jr. because, well, a lo- first of all, a lot of people didn't love him. Don't listen to your grandma. No, he was despised. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely. It's, it's insane how much he's been co-opted. Even from the people that have co-opted him, like he really benefited from looking like someone that you could work with compared to some of the other things that were going on. Like if Malcolm X hadn't wasn't threatening a straight up revolution, they would have just ignored Martin Luther King. Yeah, and also MLK was murdered. Like that yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> nonviolent peaceful protest just got him murdered. And it wasn't until the sixth day of riots and the day after his death that the Civil Rights Act was passed. Yeah, the Civil Rights Act was passed because it was looking like a lot of people were going to get hurt if it didn't get passed. Yeah. Like, make no mistake about that. Um, so now it's a little bit now talk about, um, obviously there's a lot of stuff to talk about in terms, there's, there's a lot of things and maybe they're like outside of the scope of what we're trying to do here because, you know, there's, there's more issues about race and things like that that we can discuss at length and, you know, give our takes on it. But the thing I think I really want to focus on for this, for this episode and for just the kind of ideas, the larger topic of our, of our, what we talk about is about the outdoors and backpacking is the different reactions that different uh, sort of outdoor industry organizations have had to this and, or the lack thereof. And just what that says about the outdoor community. You know, we talked about um, Christian Cooper as being a member of the outdoor community as being a birder. Um, and how still being impacted, obviously, by race. Um, there's different organizations that have have come out in mixed reactions. There's a lot of different things we could talk about. Um, I wanted to highlight a couple of them. The Sierra Club actually has gone pretty hard. Like they mm-hmm. they've really gone in on shorting solidarity and support. Um, and very they, early on, them and them and the Audubon Society were both like like yeah. day it happened. I think day started to. The, you know, mm-hmm. go up about it. The Audubon Society. Audubon is, Society is comrade as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Well, they felt, the, I feel like they felt a lot for that because he was a fucking birder. And he, I think yeah. he was affiliated with them as well. Yeah, they they pretty much the day of or the day after came up with a statement, uh, their Instagram page, Black Americans often face terrible daily dangers in outdoor spaces where they are subject to unwarranted suspicion, confrontation, and violence. The outdoors and the joy of birds should be safe and welcoming for all people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like that's that's kind of what we talked about earlier. Like the the outdoors should be safe and welcoming for our people, but it's not. Like it's it's we can talk about communities and having these activities are supposed to unite people. Like, but it, they're not necessarily better for people of color. And it's great when outdoor organizations like this come out with these statements and talk about like and acknowledge. The first thing is like there's a lot of steps to be done, right? The first thing is just like just like AA, you have to admit you have a problem. You can't yeah. make any changes. You can't bring about any kind of like larger ideas if you're still denying that there's any issues. If you completely ignore the problems that people of color face in the outdoors, if you say that they don't exist or they're making it up or that we shouldn't focus on that stuff, we should just keep politics out of the outdoors, that's number one thing that's part of the problem. Like that is a huge problem. So at the very least, you can say like give thanks to some of these organizations for at least acknowledging these issues. Audubon Society, Sierra Club. Also, yeah, the day after George Floyd killed was killed, they uh, came out with a statement immediately. This is tragic and unacceptable. It is more important than ever to clearly say that Black Lives Matter and that white supremacy can no longer be tolerated. 
And so that's like, that's great because it's just a very clear statement. There's a lot of stuff with the Sierra Club. Obviously, that's not they're not a perfect organization by any stretch of the imagination. There's a lot of issues, starting with like their founder, uh, but <laughs> whole other whole host of other issues as well there too. But this is at the very least, it's one of the largest like environmental organizations. It obviously has carries a lot of clout in the outdoor spaces, and it's great that they are at least acknowledging and how quickly they were. Something that struck me about the uh, Sierra Club post was that. Um... They did something that not a lot of other companies do because a lot of companies try to do something that shows some support, but in the least controversial way possible. Oh, we'll get to those. And the fact that Sierra Club said the words white supremacy in their post, there's a lot of underlying um, implications of that, Uh, especially since this is in response to a police, um, an act of police violence. They're implying that there's a problem with white supremacy in the police force, which you do not see from organizations very often. They mm-hmm. tend to stay away from that. They might they might say that Black Lives Matter, which is, I mean, you're nuts if you think that's a confrontational statement at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but to actually say that there's a problem with white supremacy in this country um, after an act of police violence has a lot of implications. So hats off to them for calling that out. Yeah, and it's yeah. also not a, not a, you know, a hidden advertisement for them or like here at the Sierra club, we think, or like we do this as like an advertisement for themselves. Like they didn't make it about themselves in any way. They just like, they reposted um, this artwork and I think took the artist's words and then just made, you know, his name is George Floyd made their statement. Black lives matter. There's no mention of them or like what. Yeah. There's no self-promotion in there. There's no patting on themselves on the back. Which, which which has changed. Like, I mean, we're going to talk about what a lot of brands have done to respond to this. And it's like, thank you, REI, for making a post. But also it's like six days later. And it's like, as a cooperative, REI is built on it. Like, you know, it, it's, it reads fucking different. Yeah. And so Sierra Club not only made that statement and then just very much kind of, they didn't focus on themselves. And that was the key thing is they focused on the issue at Matter, the issues of white supremacy, uh, Black Lives Matter. And then afterwards, they did have some some regular posts, and then they started highlighting a different people of color. Um, there was one other post was highlighting the the founder of Outdoor Afro and giving more information about that, giving links and resources to them. So not just being like the REI thing or some of the other organizations, but they're actually starting to highlight and give give space to a lot of these people of color and showing. And then and that goes a long way. Like for me as a person of color, seeing a larger organization highlighting people of color, like that's great. That makes me feel like better. It makes me feel like this is, I'm, I'm a part of this, you know, the outdoors in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've done some work acknowledging indigenous rights um, as well too. What else? They posted again. And th- so the thing is like there, this interesting that a lot of organizations haven't done is um, they they just straight up posted about these things and they didn't sort of connect it to their organization, obviously, or to the outdoors, but they've just acknowledging that these are systemic issues. And I think that's really important for all organizations to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, So that's, that's on the sort of the Audubon Society and Sierra Club are sort of the larger organizations that have done, I think, a fairly good job of doing at least acknowledging these issues. There are other organizations who haven't not who either haven't posted anything or their posts are come very late and they're just very self-serving. Uh, the big one being REI. REI's post um, was just happened um, yesterday, so about a week after the murder of George Floyd, uh, just very late. 
And again, their, their statements uh, as a cooperative REI is built on a set of ideals that we hold dear. We are stronger when we come together, which is just like, that's just their case statement. That's just like their, their tagline. Like that's just their slogan. Like they don't need to include this. If you follow REI, you don't need to know. They don't need to post this. I think like, it's just that self-congratulatory patting themselves on the back and saying like, yeah, look how mm-hmm. great we are. We, we're committed to this. And then, and then getting into the issues and then just giving like these very just fucking platitudes of we must do better we must continue to challenge ourselves and our community to be better listeners better partners better advocates for one another but what's missing in all of this is what exactly they're doing like what are some actual steps mm-hmm. things that how they're actually working to do this they they give some vague statements about we will continue to work with our partners across the country who have worked for years in service of greater equity and inclusion in the outdoors. And we call our entire community to come together to collective resolve and a commitment to respect, understanding, and support. It's like the perfect place to plug the organizations that you work with. Or like, if you're going to be patting yourself on the back, at least be like, oh, we already give. So like, here's the organizations. Like, here's us putting our money where our mouth is. Like, this is the actual work that we're doing. And here's a plug for the organizations that are doing the actual on the ground work. Yeah, at the very least, giving like tagging a bunch of different organizations who are actually doing this work, even if they're not doing anything themselves, like do this and just at least like Sierra Club actually tagged different organizations and show like giving them like a spotlight and showing that what the yeah. work they're doing. I would go as far as to say that places like REI shouldn't be trying to do anything. They should just be giving to organizations that already have the infrastructure in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we don't need REI. Um, trying to organize protests like they just need to give money to black lives matter yeah but what this is really about is a plea to please don't loot our stores <laughs> which it's didn't like, work we're allies you got so. got anyway <laughs> right yeah Fucking i mean i think a lot of this yeah. it really is that kind of um like a it's like a plea deal they're trying like you see businesses and a lot of these towns trying to hang up stuff in their windows about how like protests, Black Lives Matter signs and stuff like that. I think a lot of it's just trying to keep their windows from getting broken. Yeah. And a lot of organizations, a lot of uh, outdoor gear companies, shoe companies have come out with this kind of stuff where they they would just do um, like Black Lives Matter and then just give some vague statements about something. Hoka's was like, the time is now. What does that mean? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Um <laughs> Merrill had another one as well too. What what was that Under Armour one? Because they were interesting to me. Because Under Armour is like loved by cops everywhere, and <laughs> and like tactical, like oh, tactical yeah. conservative guy. Like yeah. theirs was just like we stand for equality. So it, they didn't even go so far as to say Black Lives Matter or post. They basically said all lives matter. <laughs> yeah, one playing field, one voice, one future where we're truly equal because united we win. All what? lives matter. That's it's, a fucking yeah, ad. It's a, it, that's it's a ad. shitty way saying all lives matter and then plugging your stupid ass products. Um, so that's that's sort of the example of the really bad ones where like they won't even take the risk of saying black lives matter. Yeah, you know what um, post is there's... shitty if there's no controversy in the comments. What? Right. You know what yeah. post is shitty if, if no there's no controversy in the comments. Like no one's on the fucking Under Armour thing being like, fuck you. No, it's like they're giving the very bare minimum. Because like I said earlier, like even conservative like white people, I think are most of them at least are on the side of like, oh yeah, that was fucked up. <laughs> this murder was fucked up. Like, you, it's not controversial to be agreeing with that at this point. Yeah, but what is controversial is that there's a systemic problem with the police. Right. But as soon as you call attention to that, you know, that's when the controversy hits, which, I mean, not all we, have to talk, we have to talk <laughs> about the fucking comments on 
I, don't, I haven't read any other posts, but on the REI one specifically. Um, the REI comments, um, the comments, as we've mentioned before, of anything ever are disgusting, no matter what it is. The <laughs> REI comments are tr the, so REI, it's it's honestly like the REI post is at the very bare, at the minimum, just the, the least that an outdoor company can do, at least an outdoor, that any company can do. Again, it's just like for us uh, to see the change we want to see in the world outside, we must start inside, hashtag Black, Black Lives Matter. And the comments then, which I screen capped and I shared on Instagram, are are just truly disgusting. I took a lot of these screenshots literally just like 40 minutes after this post yeah. was made. And um, it's just it's a mixture of um, you just lost a longtime customer and all lives matter. That's 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 really what I can break them down to. I, I screen capped a bunch of them, but that's all the, the comments just broke down into those two things of just all lives matter and you just lost the customer. I feel like there's there's a great like social media marketing statistics project to look at all the people who comment like you just lost a customer who commented the same fucking thing when REI posted about like Patagonia and like LGBTQ in the outdoor community. It's like, yeah, yeah you, you fucking already threatened that. And I don't think that you left. <laughs> like you didn't leave. The we second... know you're not. Where are you going to go? Fucking Cabela's? You... Like you already shot there Cabela's, for, all your, dumb bitch. for all your camo. Like where are you going to get your fucking... Big Angus the, the second you need a bear canister for your overnight trip, <laughs> you'll be you're back. gonna come crawling back to REI. Like they don't care. Yeah, it's just people who want to make take a stand about how how against this they are, how much they they want to show how racist they are without actually showing that they're racist. Yeah, that, like they're not racist. They just want to keep this their hobby pure. They right. don't want to think about politics. Yeah, that that was the yeah. other thing of which I now now that we are in this podcast, that's such a fucking triggering statement to me when people say to keep <laughs> politics out of the outdoors. I'm like, but yeah, that was the other. It was like all lives matter, like you know the the camp of of all lives matter, Black Lives Matter, the terrorist organization, stuff like that. And then you know oh, another big camp in the comments is like just stick to selling outdoor year, like keep politics out of hiking. Why do you have to make this about you know race? just sets me the fuck off now the all lives matter thing um just fyi if you ever said if you've ever said all lives matter in any capacity especially as a response to black lives matter just you're racist. yourself because <laughs> you're like <lives> yeah <laughs> it's it's so offensive it's so disgusting to post that um it's it's just used as a tactic to dismiss the black lives matter the issue that's going on a lot of people put like really good faith responses into that when talk about like, oh, if um, if there's if your house is on fire, we don't say all houses are deserve to be put out. Like obviously, and that's yeah. like that's the nice good response of doing it. And it's, it's a my thought is just like if you say all lives matter in response to Black Lives Matters, you're just like, that's so gross though because it's like what Jordan pointed out before, <laughs> where like you have to put it in terms of private property for people to really understand the metaphor. It's like yeah, <laughs> it has yeah. to be like you have to equate it to like your house burning down. Like when it's actually just somebody was murdered, but you're not yeah. upset about that, but you'd be really upset if your house was burning down. Yeah. And then the people, again, the people who say that you just lost a customer, just, they just want to, they just want the company to respond to them and say, please, no, please stay, please yeah. buy our products. We're here's so sorry coupon. that we offended you. Here's a, here's actually black lives off. don't matter. <laughs> Use promo code all lives matter to get 20% <laughs> off your next order. <laughs> if, if you're not, if you get so bothered by REI posting about this and you, and you don't want to buy their stuff, just like shut the fuck up. Just don't, who cares? Nobody cares. Yeah. REI is not going to lose any sleep. Nobody fucking cares. I don't understand yeah. this weird circle jerk of all these people commenting like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving and all the people will comment back like, yeah, me too. Like, just fucking leave. Fuck. 
It's uh, <laughs> so much fucking fury. I'm just looking at the screenshots. It's just so fucking. Yeah, weird. I took a social media break yeah. today, partly because like reading the REI comments last night got me fucking worked up and i was already like worked up obviously because of everything going on but the rei comments they were what pushed me over the edge that's why today i was yeah i was like radio silence all day the thing with the thing with rei too is that um we are uh true ultralight uh advocates and would never be caught dead buying anything from rei obviously the last episode we all talked about what we got (laughs) i was ironic like many things that we say it was ironic um (laughs) i actually have to return the pants i bought from rei they actually don't fit me well where are you gonna go to the store um i don't know well i was going to but now that they've made this post i think i'm not gonna (laughs) they just lost another customer yeah Ooh. wait but you should if you want to if you want to take money from them though you should return them because then they'll give you your money back they're getting your money if you keep the pants and then give that money to a bail fund yeah nice (laughs) would um would you guys prefer that people that these companies just like don't make a post at all? No, no, no. So that's the thing too. Is that so? There's one right answer, and it's to make the right kind of post. Well, that's yes. what I was like thinking earlier. Is like, I mean, I feel like I always have to be the one on this podcast to be like, REI is not the enemy here. Like, it may have been too little, too late, but it's still like their hearts in the right place. Is it's well intentioned liberal bullshit, but it is still something. I'm more impressed with them than I am with like. Under Armour posting like an advertisement for themselves that's like vaguely related because that to me is like actual virtue signaling trying to capitalize on a movement. It's better than nothing, obviously. Like it's better at least the thing. If if one of these companies at the very that's the very fucking least these companies can do yeah. is just posting like black lives. I want to and- say even like a really good post, like a perfect post that says like the police are fascists and everything is justified that's going on. That's still the bare minimum. I mean, anybody can make a fucking post online it's just twitter fingers like anybody can do it some of these huge corporations with tons of money in the bank can actually make a real difference by donating to bail funds and things like that yeah and the same thing goes with like a lot of these influencers called like it's it's fucking weird talking about like backpacking influencers and people who who have a lot of stake in this stuff like this it's who have a lot of sway in the outdoor communities. Um, there's people who have started to post some stuff about it, who've been sharing some things. I know Kara Quinn's been posting a lot of stuff. Obviously she's, she's never been silent on anything, though. I yeah, mean, which is just great. Yeah. Like, she has a lot of... I'm, like, I'm not surprised to see, to see this type of reaction from her. I am disappointed in the many people who are posting absolutely nothing, nothing fucking relevant. Because, yeah, like, reposting you know, some Black Lives Matter shit or any any post that's circulating in stories and stuff, it takes one fucking second. It's the bare minimum you can do to at least show, you know, even if you don't have the capacity or, you know, you, you don't know how to vocalize and sit down and put your own words into, or your own thoughts into words, like the very fucking least you can do is repost some eloquent words that other people have already said. And it's so crazy how many people are being completely silent on it. And it's like, fucking why? Because you're going to lose like, 30 racist followers if you if you decide to vocalize your stance on this well i think that's a big part of capitalism and the the esteem that this country holds capital in is that's why a lot of the the companies vet this shit like even these simple posts through tons of their pr firms and stuff to try to figure out who it's going to offend and yeah guarantee they're actually running numbers on this shit to say that like if we lose x percentage sales because of this is it worth it 
Yeah, how much market um, share this is showing solidarity. But, but that's and that's like what it comes down to. They love, they'll, like, a dollar's a dollar to them. They don't care if it comes from a fashion. Yeah, but it's like, not. for a fucking influencer, like, I don't know, how many people are actually make, capitalizing off of how many Instagram followers they have? I mean, I never have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm as not our resi- to, As our like, token influencer. <laughs> yeah, damn yeah. it. <laughs> I... Yeah, it's like the very least you can do is repost something. I think I agree with that. I think that to me makes it a little more. If you have a platform in any capacity, especially like outdoor stuff, if you there's other people who have probably said things better and more eloquently than you have, and the very least is you can share your platform with them and kind of spotlight them. Yeah, the like least. Darwin reposting the garage ground gear post. Yeah, which plants was so excited <laughs> to hear about. I was so happy to see that. <laughs> it's it's not at all like like uh uh like taking a stance on anything but the, at the very fucking least again that's the least the bare minimum you can do garage grounds gear garage grown gears post was pretty good um they're minneapolis based company i've never really i've never seen them too much like i don't know if you guys have bought anything from them i actually just bought out, stuff really. from them like last week because they had a sale and i bought a bunch oh. of uh vegan backpacking food i don't think i've ever bought anything from them i think it's nice they're i mean they they are kind of a venue through which a lot of a lot of these cottage gear companies can actually reach like a bigger audience and you know they have bigger distribution and stuff like that they're kind of like a cottage rei right yeah i don't know how exactly the supply chain works like i think yeah i mean a lot of people sell stuff through them and it's i mean it's good stuff their post was a little bit more personal i think because they they show that sort of the connection in terms of being just literally a few a few blocks away from the office and talking about Mm -hmm. Um, what happened in Minneapolis and sharing their kind of perspective on it. This is loosely related, but did you guys see that post from that restaurant owner in Minneapolis that his store was damaged by fire? Yeah, he's like, let it burn down. Like, he's yeah, like, he's like, it needs to happen. That's the perfect post. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, it's fine. You can rebuild a business. You can't bring back someone to life. There's the other one I wanted to bring up was um, um, Rahawa Haley. Um, I hopefully I pronounced her name right. Um, She's awesome. She is a uh, queer black woman who wrote uh, this essay I mentioned a few episodes ago called We Go It Alone in Outside Magazine. It's just about her experience hiking the Appalachian Trail as a, as a black queer woman. And it's, it's a fucking awesome essay. Like I, I really want to post it and share some of it. I, I want to read a, a section of it. But um, so she made a post that was, I thought, really encapsulated. It's a thing I've been thinking a lot about and then just read it. Um, she says, the only thing I want from, to see from these large outdoor companies is where and how much they've contributed to various bail relief and community organization efforts. An Instagram post about change with a black background is the absolute bare minimum they can do. Show us the receipts. Tell us what material goods, if any, headlamps, bandanas, water bottles, snacks, gloves are being donated to help those protesting on the streets. Some companies are doing this, like Patagonia. Most aren't. If the only thing a multi-billion dollar organization has to offer is platitudes, then all I have to give them is my disgust. Yeah, which is fucking oh, yeah. fire. Oh, it's so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the, that's the same thing. It's like we've, we talked about like the the bare minimum they can do is show post Black Lives Matters. Like it just it, it might affect some people. Like post it anyway. But def- post it more. Post it, offend it more, and then yeah. do like Patagonia. I haven't looked too much into what Patagonia is doing. Um, they they've for a long time done a lot of like activism work. They've they've given them a ton of money to these different groups um i don't know specifically what they're doing now but it's one thing like that are. they were doing a couple years ago and i'm not sure if they're still doing it or not but they um they pay bail for any of their employees that gets arrested during a protest nice yeah that's great like that's cool that patagonia yeah. i think is has 
again, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to praise any of these companies and say that they're all great and wonderful. And Patagonia is a fucking saint and we're happy to have a, this massive corporation um, because all corporations are bastards and <laughs> fuck them all uh, yeah. eventually. But you know, this is kind of like, that's the kind of thing that like, especially an outdoor gear company, that's supposed to be environmentally minded. It's supposed to be community minded is that's the very least that they can do. If, if REI actually gave a shit about the things that they promote about, about community and being a cooperative, they would do the same thing and bail out their employees who get arrested at protests, donate any like resources they can into supporting some of these protests, these organizations. And there's a ton of them. There's all over a place. Um, we should definitely link to some of them. Um, and, little description what you just talked about is kind of the same uh different side of the same coin for um why why we don't think it is actually violent to break a window or loot a store or even burn down a building because there's no such thing as violence against property it's and that same thing goes to like there's no such thing as a corporation actually having a conscience there's there's i mean good or bad like it ultimately doesn't matter. They're just uh, all a corporation is is a mechanism for making money. Yeah, um, some so some corporations, want... on, some of these companies might do good things occasionally, but they don't do it to to be good. Like they don't they do it because there's there's value in that for them. And ultimately, it comes down to the people that run the organizations. Like Yvonne Chouinard is legit. Like he is a real activist, and he cares about causes. It's just as easy for a CEO to care more about money than people. And then that's when they start doing this shit where they're like market testing their statements before they put them out, whether they're, it doesn't have anything to do with the ethics or what's right or wrong. It's more about, are they going to get in trouble for not posting or are they going to get in trouble for posting the wrong thing? Anything else? Any of the posts stand out to you? There's a lot of them. I collected them. I'm going to post them on the their blog Instagram, maybe make them into a highlighted story because it's just this kind of thing that you should keep in mind later on when you're, when you're, when you're purchasing stuff and you're voting with your dollar, which one of these companies yeah. actually stood up and did something or at least said something, which company made an effort when this stuff was going down, these companies deserve your, your money or not. And like encourage your encourage your favorite companies or your favorite fucking Instagram influencers to make a stand, make a stand. One thing that I think that it's it's hard to ask everyone to do this, but maybe through exposure. um, And I think that's part of our goal with this podcast is to like kind of point out things that are little red flags or dog whistles. Trying to think of an example and I'm drawing a blank right now. But um, (laughs) like things like calling the protest saying it's a violent protest when really there was property damage or that there were outside agitators that came in and, oh, the real Black Lives Matter wouldn't do this. This was outside agitators. These are little like dog whistles to try to delegitimize um, tactics that might actually be working. And there's all sorts of little stuff. Like my favorite example that I think is easy to understand is when um, when politicians talk about free universal health care versus access to health care. That's like a huge red flag to me. That like, well, what the fuck does access mean? That still means I have to buy it through a health insurance company, most likely. Yeah. yeah. So the more like we can do or that you can do to kind of like train yourself to to read between the lines and see what like a company is really saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, I mean, I guess all lives matter is a good example. We're like on the face of it, it doesn't seem like an offensive thing to say. But if you think about what someone's really saying, they're trying to delegitimize Black Lives Matter when they say that. Yeah. 
I've been most hesitant and and have been confronting people who are making like a what looks like a well-intentioned post but are refusing to actually say or use the hashtag black lives matter yeah it's like do you are you do you just think that that word is just going to be triggering enough that if you if you don't say that it won't be controversial and therefore you're just going to tiptoe around it it's like just fucking yeah. just say it like i just saw that the north faces just says stop brutality and that's like so cowardly <laughs> to me because that's <laughs> If you're on the Black no Lives shit. Matter side, you read that as like, oh, they're on my side. They want to stop police brutality. But if you're yeah. on like the white conservative or liberal side that thinks that this property damage is so violent that you might read that as like, oh, they mean stop like brutal protesting where they burn down my precious target. Yeah. And that's that obviously that's by design. Like they're they're trying to straddle that line yeah. of like they don't want to upset anybody and everyone can read whatever they want into it. One of my favorite. Yeah, they're not going to get any controversial comments of people being like, no, I'm pro brutality. Yeah, I mean, you. That's <laughs> oh my, my one of my favorite responses to there was like, "Damn, the North Face forget how to spell police." Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been going through and like when I'm when I'm sad and getting really angry about all the negative comments, I've just been going through and like giving a heart to all the people who are like the nice ones, positive the very stuff. least. Yeah, that's a nice little yeah. thing to yeah. do. I've been I'm, doing that on Reddit and going through and like downvoting all the people yeah. that are like talking shit about yeah. protesters. <laughs> I really I, wish that more people had like uh, that you could downvote on other social media platforms because it's like with the REI shit, it's like if this was Reddit, that those all those racist dudes would have probably been downvoted into like oblivion. But yeah. instead, you get or especially on Facebook, like you can get people who would want who would downvote if it was Reddit, but instead they give like an angry react or whatever. But then that's still the algorithm still sends that shit to like the top because they have like you know two hundred likes and angry reacts and. I'm just like, why can't we just fucking downvote people when they're being idiots? Why is the why is the only thing we can do is to, is to send positivity? Yeah. What if I want to send negativity? I think if we have any listeners that are like haven't thought about this stuff before, um, in the way that we've been talking about it, and are kind of more interested in the idea of the the role that property destruction or violence might have in social change or protests, um, look up the Stonewall riots. Um, that's what kind of kicked off the modern uh, gay rights movement. Um, look up the Haymarket affair. Like the reason that we have eight hour workdays and weekends is because of violence and property destruction. Um, violence. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think it's worth looking into those things. Like not everyone has to agree with me or agree with us on everything, but don't just take at face value everything that you read that like smashing a window is the worst thing and that could possibly ever happen during a protest. Um, all of this stuff serves a role. It's all tactics that have their place and have in the past work. And are legitimate expressions of a very real and good emotion. Yeah, I think anyone that's ever gotten mad enough to like pound their fist on the table, like that doesn't help. Like pounding your fist on the table doesn't help you win an argument, but sometimes you feel like you need to do it. And now just imagine that you were mad enough to pick up a rock and throw it through a Starbucks window. Um, you'd have to be pretty pissed off to do that. So maybe there's something to it like that's pissing these people off enough to do that. Yeah, that's that's what I noticed that the protest I went to was just like just how palpable the anger is. You can feel it in the air. Like you can feel how angry people are, how frustrated they are. And like it manifests sometimes as a chant. It manifests sometimes as honking your horn very loudly. It manifests sometimes as yelling a chant. And sometimes it manifests as just throwing a fucking brick through a Starbucks window. Like there's, yep. it's an outlet in the way there is, it's, 
it's in a way like tone policing. It's this, it's the way of neutering these protests of saying like, they're, they're only valid if there is no property destruction. They're only, they're only good protests if they don't actually threaten anything or actually are effective in any way. Or inconvenience anything. Yeah. They can't, you can't block a road because somebody might be trying to go somewhere. Yeah. You can't chant, uh, some of the wonderful chants that have cuss words in them because yeah. a, a child might hear it. You can't take a knee during my <laughs> precious football game yeah. because it just upsets grandpa too much. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're almost uh, running out of time. The only thing I want to do is, um, so I mentioned, um, um, I'm sorry, uh, Rahawa Haley in, uh, in her post about it. And she wrote again, this awesome essay in outside magazine. Uh, we go it alone. And I uh, don't want to read the whole thing, but I do want to read part of it because I think uh, for me, one of the reasons we started this thing was actually this essay. Like I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten about it a little bit and then I reread it again the past few days. I read it like three times the other night because I really wanted to just think about this because this a lot of ways encapsulates basically what we're trying to do here in this podcast. And so I don't want to read the whole thing, but I, and I encourage everyone to go find it. It's on Outside. It's free. It's available. Um, and she's an awesome writer. And um uh, I read part of it and that kind of encapsulates a little bit about the connection between the outdoors and especially uh, black people's experience in the outdoors. Uh, so the National Park Service celebrated its centennial last year. In one brochure, a white man stands boldly, precariously in Rocky Mountain National Park, gazing at a massive rock face. He wears a full pack. He is ready to tackle the impossible. The poster salutes 100 years of getting away from it all. The parenthetical is implied, if not obvious, for some. In a backpacker interview from 2000, a black man named Robert Taylor was asked about the hardest things he faced during his thru-hike of the Appalachian Trail. He'd recently completed both the AT and the Pacific Crest Trail. My problems were mainly with people, he said. In towns, people yelled racist threats at me in just about every state I went to. They'd say, we don't like you, and you're the N-word. Once I stopped in a mail drop, the postmaster said, boy, get out of here. We got no mail drop for you. It will be several months before I realize that most AT hikers in 2016 are unaware of the clear division that exists between what hikers of colors experience on the trail, generally positive, and in town, not so much. While fellow through hikers and trail angels are some of the kindest and most generous people I'll ever encounter, many trail towns have no idea what to make of people who look like me. They say they don't see much of my kind around here and leave the rest hanging in the air. The rule is you don't talk about politics on the trail. The truth is you can't talk about diversity in the outdoors without talking about politics, since politics is a big reason why the outdoors look the way they do. From the park's system's inception, Jim Crow laws and Native American removal campaigns limited access to recreation by race. From the mountains to the beaches, outdoor leisure was often accompanied by the words whites only. The repercussions for disobedience were grave. For me, for me, the fear is like a heartbeat, always present, while at the same time, intangible, elusive, and difficult to define, Evelyn C. White wrote in her 1999 essay, Black Woman in the Wilderness. In it, she explains why she thought of hiking in Oregon, which some writer friends invited her to do, fills her with dread. In wilderness, White does not see the freedom, but a portal to the past. It is a trigger. The history of suffering is too much for her to overcome. This fear has conjured a similar paralysis nationwide. It says to the minority, be in this place and someone might seize the opportunity to end you. Nature itself is the least of white's concerns. Bear paws have harmed fewer black bodies in the wild than human hands. She does not wish to be the only one who looks like her in a place with history like this. Perspective is everything.
police, fuck the 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 police, that's how I feel. By Glock, burn down the block, that's how I feel. Murder at the murder at the all these years, by strap us back at the all these tears. Mama's crying, how they gon' heal? How you would feel? Fuck sides, pick up, bitch, this shit ill. Big stick on me, y'all kill, we kill. Been tied, fuck cardboard signs, we in the field. It's the Ku Klux cops. They on a mission, it's the Ku Klux cops. Got hidden agendas, it's the truth, I won't stop. Open cases, police already hate me, why not? Make your rich ass city look like trash. To whoever make the rules, we need asses fast. Oh, they mad, fuck it, let's make them mad. Without that badge, you's a bitch in a hat. Fuck the police. Fuck the police, 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 protect and serve mean duck and swerve. Police pull me over, I don't stop, I'm scared. Fuck 12, bitch, I got the nerves. Fuck 12, bitch, they get on my nerves. Hey, fuck pig, fuck bacon. Calling for backup, I think he weak. Fuck the police, 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 that's how I feel. Fuck, 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 fuck the police.